0: Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all. Exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit. Unpacking what I call the science of self from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Super Freak. We are back with Neha. We're going to do a conversation about body talk. And what it takes to actually keep the body in maintenance mode to pace with you at spirit level. So with that, let's turn off the AC and get going. Welcome, Neha. Nice to have you back.
1: Yes, yeah, great to be back. Okay, so this is something I have so many questions around because the more I work with you, the more sessions I have, the the more I'm feeling a lot of changes within my body. And when I eat certain foods, I can just feel like a drag and like a heaviness now, which I didn't used to feel before. So I guess the first question is, why is nutrition so important to body work, frequency work and cell optimization?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll break these down in three parts, right? So I'll, I'll speak first about my own experience with me wildly ignoring the body for like a long time. I was an athlete constantly in some type of energy discharge practice where I would have a way of actually processing my emotions out. A lot of my emotions actually got stuck in my body space. So when I entered into somatic work and when I even started frequency work from the beginning, there was a lot of talk about getting into nature. And yes, there was a lot of talk about exercise, And some people talked about why it was important to have more muscle mass because more muscle mass carried more frequencies. But I kind of felt like none of that really resonated with me. The people weren't really talking about the science behind all of this. So I'll say first that understand that the body is physical in space. Your spirit is non-local in time. You have your body localized in space. You're non-local in time. You're innate intelligence. Think of it like a Wi-Fi field and you're trying to connect to the body. The spirit is constantly trying to align itself to where you are in time and the mental construct of it. But really like time is a scam, which we'll talk about another time. But I say all of this because the present moment is the only thing that's real. And if you don't know where your body is, which is always in time, right? It's always present. The body has no concept of time but your higher self has to locate how to experience itself in the simulation in the game. So the process of understanding the body literacy has to pace. Your body has to pace with where the spirit is going. So understanding that the body is made up of biophotonic energy, essentially light, and that atoms are 99% space. And part of those cells are a plasma, carbon based H320 and The way you get hydration is through natural sources. So fruit-based, fructose. That's why fruit is so important during the detox process because it's made of H320, which is deeply hydrating. It's electrolytes. It's going to give you more electrolytes than water is. I say all of that because I ignored the body when I first started frequency work. I just like, it's fine. I'll just continue to clear. And as long as I clear, that will be enough because it just felt kind of pointless. So my body will just get the picture and it'll just keep up. I'll be fine. So I missed the integration piece. And I kind of feel like had I been more on top of it, I could have actually integrated the work faster. Think of your body as a runway. If you run out a runway and there's 19 planes that are trying to land, you're going to hit into a delay. So I clear a lot for people. You can clear a lot. People doing the work, they've been doing the work, right? I hear this a lot. Tally, I've been in the work for a long time. Which means that you have a lot of understanding about, let's say, how things operate, about how you work, about your patterns per se, or some of the mechanics. But where the delay happens is always in body integration. The body integration is where the delay is. So it's one thing to have knowledge. It's another thing to have that knowledge embodied. So that's part of what Giulio Tononi talks about, who is a neuroscientist, about the integrated intelligence theory. He's trying to get this approved across unifying all the fields of science when it comes to like quantifying consciousness, but essentially you're trying to get as much consciousness into the body. It's dense right now. The more you clear, the more of you, you can hold the more resonance of your innate intelligence you can hold. That's why the body is so important. And that's why maintaining clarity in the body space is so important. Keeping your energy field clear, keeping your sexual energy pure. All of these things are amplifiers. So the more your energy gets depleted, the more the body gets weighed down. You're not light. You don't have as light, right? I know that people can feel the difference when they're just like, they've leveled up, they've integrated and they're in the next bandwidth of themselves or they're just in between those phases and they're a little bit heavy and you're like at a 7.1 of your seven to eight bandwidths, 8.0 bandwidth. I'll talk about bandwidths for a second and then I'll get into cell optimization after this. But does that make sense what I'm saying? Are you tracking? Yeah. Okay, great. I was like, I didn't lose anybody, right? Still with me? Okay. So I say that because we're operating within a bandwidth of our potential at any given moment in time, present moment time. So let's say you've just gone through an integration period. You've done a bunch of frequency work, the awakening series, the yoga sessions into, you know, individual sessions, and you use the individual sessions and the awakening series to help maintain the integration process, right? Let's say you're doing that, which is really great, right? Because it's keeping you in the present moment and it's facilitating the work in the body space. Very, very important because now the body which has the nervous system, holds the nervous system, the electrical system of the actual physical form is starting to communicate with the brain. They're starting to work in tandem. So you clear magnetically and, elect- you know, and electrically through your field, that's gonna interact with the body. If the body isn't getting the memo, that's where the incoherence is. So keep in mind, we come here, we're veiled, we forget, and we're bound by all of these patterns. That aren't ours. We are unawakened. We are unaware of the patterns that we're running. That's what creates all the density. So, the more that you awaken, you start to oscillate faster, you clear more patterns. The more you clear out the physical body space, it's like storage. You open up more storage. When you free up storage, you get more of yourself. That's why it's critical to integrate this work into the body space. So, body work is great because depending on what you do, They're often able to get in there and get into places that maybe you don't have, you're not aware of yet. So it's just another way to help you relax, to help you move into a relaxed state, to help nurture you, to help nurture the nervous system. And again, further integrate the work that you're doing at spirit level into the body level. So it's literally always a symbiotic relationship between your spirit body and your physical body running in tandem, like a figure eight and a boomerang. So not to get all meta with the science and the Taurus field of it all, but if there's a disturbance in the force, you know it, right? You feel it. But if you start to do body work regularly, your body gets used to the contraction and the expansion process. I call them spiritual contractions. When we're in these crunchy spaces, when we're doing a lot of heavy clearing, clearing a lot of density, it's like Oops, spiritual contraction. And then you release and then you're in a new bandwidth. So let's say you're, between seven, like seven and eight is your new bandwidth within a given day, depending on your awareness and how your relationship to the present moment, you could be in a 7.1 version of you within that bandwidth, or you can be in like a 7.9 version of you in that bandwidth. The integration period is you actually moving through that scale. It's kind of like learning a new solfeggio scale, or I think that's how it works in music where you learn a new scale Think about you moving through scales. And so once you learn a new scale, it takes time. Your body's muscle memory, your body's learning, the spirit's learning how to be in a higher bandwidth of itself without like freaking out. So once you master that scale, you'll go through a little period of a death space where you're like, oh, everything's a mess. You feel really detoxy. And then you, boop, you know it, then you're there. You're able to hold the resonance and then you move up again into another harmonic scale. So that's the process of contraction expansion, why the body is so important, and then why cellular optimization is like the key to kind of hacking the natural aging process, let's say. Like the vitality process. The cells have forgotten they're infinite. Once they remember and you actually understand that time's a construct of the mind, they work together. So what you're trying to do is basically trick the mind into remembering that it, that time is the illusion, that time is a scam. Once you trick the mind, the body goes, Oh yeah. Then you're like really accessing infinity, which is just infinite indestructible consciousness. You're accessing more of your higher self for lack of a better word. So I can talk about cell optimization and at length, but there are five components, which I think I've talked about before. Then we can move on to your other questions, but for, for reference. If you're just looking at cell, innate cellular intelligence, a cell is going to do one of two things. First, it has to have a a really good environment. If its environment is conducive for optimization, it will choose reproduction. If it is not conducive for optimization or reproduction, it will choose immortality and will go into deep levels of survivability mode. We can see a lot of that happening right now. The other thing it has to have is balanced pH. So it needs to actually be alkaline. There has to be, a lot of us are out.
1: I feel like I've done this before. Oh, I good. I think we talked about moment. this before, yeah. Okay. Because there is no
0: deja vu, right? It's literally a simultaneous lifetime or a simultaneous timeline happening at the same time. That's why time is literally an illusion. So we're in acidosis. Our bodies are out. Of, are really acidic. If pH is optimal, then a cell will optimize, right? This is again about biophotonic radiation, biophotonic energy. The next thing it has to have is vital force. So it has to have oxygen, pH, a good environment, and then be optimized in terms of its vital force, its vitality, it's light. Because we're light, when you consume more light, your body can take in more light, has capacity to take in more light. That in short is about cellular optimization. You want to make sure you're getting enough minerals. You want to make sure that you're getting enough oxygen because our bodies are made up of it. And then H3O is essentially the plasma because we're carbon based. That's how you get a lot of electrolytes through fruit. And that's what H3O is more light. And then you've got your optimized environment. So things that are closer to the zero point is why nature is so self-sustaining for people who are in a lot of growth processes because it forces you into the zero point. Same thing with cold exposure, things like that. It helps you break the loop. So when you honor the body, when you start to put the body first, you protect the avatar. You start to understand like skin and like the the systems, the spirit is, it's inevitable for that spirit body connection to kind of be in there because you're observing yourself, observing your body. So when I'm accessing points and I'm telling you to focus on a point of your body, like the collarbone or the back of the neck, the occiput or the sternum or this, the thoracic spine, when I'm having you access those points, you're putting your awareness on those points, but you're aware that you're putting your awareness on those points, right? So who is that? How are you aware that you're putting your awareness on those points?
1: Yeah. It's hard to wrap your mind around. I get what you're saying though, because sometimes when I am sitting and like just watching my daughter, I'll have that. Cause I'll get super present and I'll have that. Like I'm, I'm in my body yet. I'm watching myself, watching my daughter and I'm just like, okay, I think this is what Tally's talking about. That's the observer effect.
0: You're essentially moving into the observer effect. You are observing yourself in your reality observing you, observing yourself. And then the more you actually create that depth, the more perception, your more, your perception changes. That's that depth of field. That's seeing things instead of at a 35 millimeter lens, a 750 telescopic, for example, you see things wider with more detail. And that's really what we're here to do. Observe, experience, remember, and reclaim. So there's many different ways to do that. If you're not integrating with the body, you're not integrating all these different versions of you, the younger versions of us, the teenage version of us, the 25 year old version of us all the time. It's a constant symbiotic relationship between all of these versions of you that you've experienced and how you're experiencing yourself in the present moment. And the body's always present. So I know that sounds like a lot because you start to listen to it and then you let it wash over you. And then you start to understand more of the mechanics of how it works. So when people talk to me, they're like, I don't understand. Like, what do you eat exactly? And how do you like enjoy life and whatever? And I was like, I don't even really think about it. Like, I don't really even think about me not being able to enjoy my life and eat anywhere I want. And I was like, I just eat things that are closer to their original form. And I always feel better.
1: So how does things like meat, alcohol, caffeine affect our bodies and the frequencies that we are holding super good question Uh, people ask me to you
0: know like i don't know what to eat i wish this was so much easier and that's why i've started to put together some like preliminary nutritional protocols for folks if they are interested in detoxing and things like that so for the most part people on their awakening process are waking up to the fact that they're very toxified they're living in toxicity from the food, the heavy metals, the pesticide usage from the mid 1800s, especially in the States and the West. The moment they started gassing and using pesticides that has been indoctrinated or not indoctrinated rather, but agriculturally has been transitioned into the soil for generations. And then you've got the advent of the pharmaceutical industry in the 1980s. So we have been poisoned for a long time. Our bodies are super acidic. So when you start consuming more acid-based foods, what happens to the cells? You move into acidosis. The reason why things like the lion diet and and keto diet was so successful is because people were eating, consuming way too much sugar. They're consuming way too much artificial sugars and packaged foods that are laden with sugars. By moving people into a high fat diet, you basically bog down the liver, you bog down the kidneys, but you're also not hungry. So people were eating less. And if you integrate that with fasting, it was moving you into a state of ketosis, which was burning fat. So your body burns fat for energy or fructose for energy or glucose, excuse me, glucose. The brain is made up of glucose. So the brain actually operates very, very well on a high fruit diet. And because it's using glucose for energy, you're not going to gain weight when you're eating high levels of glucose or fruits because the body is using that for energy for a a sustained amount of time. And there's so much water and hydration and minerals and vitamins and things like that in these foods that your digestion stays really consistent and you're constantly processing. And you're also clarifying the kidneys and the liver and you're helping clear your body out because a lot of these layers of pathogens and the toxicities and the heavy metals are in the liver. It's also holographically where the pain body is so we hold a lot of emotions in the liver if you think about alcohol people are drowning their emotions essentially they're processing out or let's say putting uh, or suppressing their emotions through food sex addictions alcoholism cigarettes things like that that's how they're processing stress the fruitarian or the frugivores or things like this, omnivores, people just are like, that's just way too crazy. I can't do that. But when you actually start looking up the science and the biology behind it, it starts to make a lot of sense for cellular optimization. I say that because the keto diet, the burning of the fat, the idea is to get the cells into collaboration with fasting from ketosis, which it will automatically do after 12 to 24 hours. Homeostasis, which the body is naturally programmed to move and balance itself because it's nature bound. It's terrestrial, which is Terra. Okay. So it's nature bound. It knows how to move itself into balance. So if you allow it to and you support it through the fasting process, it's going to optimize cells. It's going to automatically go get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of it. It's designed to survive. The last thing it starts, it kicks into is growth hormone. So after 72 hours, your growth hormone kicks in and that's how you gain muscle. Think about gorillas, right? Primates, the things that we're the closest to genetically, they're omnivores. And then you look at the teeth structure and the jaw structure and the microbiome and the acids in the microbiome. So you want to reset all those things. Eating meat and eating processed meat rolls you into a state of acidity. So it's moving your cellular optimization way out of pH, number one. And then number two, you're bogging your body down with proteins, and it can't actually process that protein fast enough to keep you in an optimized cellular state. If you look at the difference between people who have eaten non meat diets and plant based diets over time, the shape might be the same. They might be in good shape, but their vitality is lower. The vibrancy, the light that's coming out of their body is different. This is Western specific. Our foods are laden, laden with phosphates, chemicals, Monsanto-based feeds, extremely toxic. Europe wasn't necessarily like that. You're not going to see a lot of these similar diseases because everything, especially if you look at Italian culture, maybe not so much anymore, but areas of Europe where it was very simple foods, the best and freshest ingredients you can find. Eat the things that are growing in the ground. And then if you're going to eat the things meat-based, eat meat that eats the things that grows in the ground without chemicals. So verticality, vertical farms, small amounts, things like that. But it throws your body out of acidity, out of alignment, number one. Number two, the inflammation that's caused from eating meat is also a thing. Very, very, very hard to digest. It starts to set the microbiome way out of balance. So that's when like the keto diets and the lion diet, people who have a lot of health issues. It's because they're, they have a nervous system that's starting to attack itself and they're way over inflamed, way, way, way over inflamed. If they were fasting, becoming more alkaline, checking their mineral contents, the cell salts, and then moving into fruit, I'd be very curious to see what would happen to them over a 30 day period versus cutting out all of that stuff altogether and just doing meat based. So I say all of that because, again, spiritually at soul level, when you start to ascend, There's something that happens to you where you just can't have that relationship with sentience in that way, where you're kind of, every time, every time I would eat meat, I would just be sad. (laughs) I would just start, I just start getting so sad and Earlier in my journey, I needed it. I needed to stay grounded, and at least I thought I did did at the time. And I thought that I was low on iron, and every time I'd get my blood work, and it would always come out okay. So a lot of it is a mental construct too. What you think you need, but also you have to go with how you feel. And there's no judgment. I'm just saying. Over time, notice how you feel eating plant-based, being more connected to nature in that way. What would you do if you were in nature? And then notice your soul expression, your connection to yourself when you're eating fruits that are more plant-based, more raw, things like that. The next thing I'll I'll say about alcohol is, again, these are all things that help you stay in time. Alcohol absolutely pushes you right out. Another thing about me, there's a lot of uh, conversation around the meat industry being inherently tied to big pharma, which is inherently tied to these nefarious secret society cartels. Where, if you consume meat, it's actually a form of sacrifice and it's part of cannibalism. But that's for another conversation. There's some conversations out there. If you go into like deep levels of occult practices, consumption of meat is considered the same in code, regardless if it's ape on ape, which is unnatural, or it's human on human, or human with pig, or pork, or chicken, or whatever else. Well, I never thought about it that way. Right. So when I actually looked at it that way, I was like, fuck. (laughs) I was like, shit. Okay. Got it. It was shown to me. It was a lot. Okay. And then I would like do research on it. And I was like, Oh my God, X marks the square. One of the first things I did on my awakening journey, when I realized I was just so unhappy and I was not, I wasn't that adept at processing a lot of my own pain was, and I came from a long line of alcoholics, is I would drink. It was social. It was fun. La da 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 da. There was a lot of ideology that somehow it makes things more fun, Mm -hmm. makes things taste better. And I was like, that's an interesting filter. The romance
1: of like, I'm going to have a glass of red wine with the steak and the potatoes. Yeah. I was just going to say like, and there's a lot of thinking around it in terms of like, if you're not having a drink, it's automatically what's wrong. It's something wrong. Why aren't you drinking? I feel like that's starting to turn a little bit now, where people are respectful of you if you choose not to drink. But if you have a lot of friends um, and a community that you are regularly do that with, and now you're trying to change, that's when it gets a bit difficult to have that boundary up. And you know that's when you have to be true to yourself, I guess. But it takes some some learning because here's what shifted for me when I talk about that now.
0: I don't have a filter that it's unnatural or weird. I don't see myself as that. I don't experience my reality through that filter. Someone who drinks is going to see their reality or experience their reality as drinking is totally normal. People who don't drink is weird. My normal is very different from their normal. So anything you're doing in terms of how you experience your reality is being experienced through a filter including behaviors, practices. I can go all the way down and into how you express your gender, your sexuality, your race. All of that is through a filter. If you don't relate to yourself through those filters, you relate to yourself as complete from your higher self. You might get that question asked, but you don't defend it from a place of lack. You just own who you are and people respect that automatically. They just do, but it's, it's harder in the beginning because when you say that you don't drink and that you're drying out or that you're like, no, I'm just like seeing how I feel without it. People really don't know what to say. So when I was in program early on, when I first got sober, I don't know how long it's been now, 12, 12 years, something like this, 12 or 13, I think. I was like, okay, I don't know if I all the way fit in this community, but I like the pattern stuff. <laughs> I like the pattern stuff a lot. This is making kind of a lot of sense. And I feel like there's a lot of people who, that feel the same way I do. So I related a lot with the feeling of not feeling a part of, not feeling good enough, having a lot of trauma. And so I had a place to process, and that was helpful. And the thing is, people are in different journeys of their integration process with their choices. So some people are in the very beginning when you're, you know, you go to the, these communities and some people are well into the recovery process of their, their experience with how they relate to themselves without alcohol is different. They don't see themselves through that filter anymore. Make sense. So I say what alcohol does, it pulls you out of time completely. And when you're not out of time Not only that, but obviously chemically, it lowers your inhibitions and it helps you actually feel less shitty because it's moving you out of time. So you're not connecting to the emotion of what caused you to pick up a drink in the first place. A lot of it is perpetual. So it's and it's habitual. So people are reaching for things because they want to celebrate a moment. They think they deserve it. They worked hard for it, things like this, or they just want to have a better time. Somehow, if I drink, it's going to increase I'm going to loosen up a little bit and have a little bit of better time. I don't have to think about that. So they compartmentalize the emotional aspect of who, of how they're experiencing themselves and they become almost a different version of themselves, right? So some of the filters start to change. Some of the filters start to drop, but alcohol puts you at a time. And over time, it basically just destroys your liver. I mean, it starts to toxify your liver and then deteriorates. And because there's so much sugar in it, your body's processing the sugar. And then you're eating on top of it. It just bogs the body down. And then your emotion gets so buried. The unprocessed emotion is so buried in the body space that literally this is what causes type three diabetes. Diabetics, type one, two, three. Dementia. When I'm looking at dementia cases, inevitably and invariably, a parent was an alcoholic. High levels of sugar toxicity. And it's bogging down the cells. The body doesn't know how to process that much Fake sugar—it's not meant to have that much fake sugar in its system. It's meant to process nature. So you take this fermented drink all the time, and it's it compounds. So over time, what you think you have one sip of of booze, one like, hey, no big deal—that toxicity just compounds, and you need more and more and more of it. Similar to cigarettes, you're just filling the body and the lungs. This is your oxygen system full of petroleum-based toxins, full of tar and chemicals and things like that. So I'm like smokers, y'all, I get it. Everything you're doing, booze, cigarettes, coffee is almost a relationship. When you're smoking and you have a relationship with booze, it becomes a friend that's trusted, that's always there, that you just do because you're bored. So you're already separate a time and then you're going to consume something that's going to put you even further out of it and destroy your body in the process. The body doesn't understand why you're doing that. It's like, bro, just look at So it disconnects you from the body space even more. What I'll say about caffeine, it does the same thing. Because it starts to accelerate you, right? It kind of wakes you up. There's lots of ways to wake up the body. The body's trying to catch up to where the spirit is or the spirit is trying to find where the body is. You take caffeine, it kind of zooms you. So it speeds the body up, similar to what an an amphetamine would do. So when you find people who take ADHD medication, It speeds up the body to catch up with the spirit. The spirit is ahead of time. So it speeds. It's literally speed in the body space. The body catches up to the spirit. You connect for a second, then you can get into focus. That's essentially what ADHD is. It's speed. People who have ADHD and they take speed, it ends up calming them down because they're so ahead. It slows them down in time. ADHD is a time distortion first. A lot of this neurodivergent is a time distortion first. Then you start working on the neurotoxins. Then you can get present enough to start working on the trauma, the unprocessed childhood stuff, which is at the heart of everything at this point, right? We're all creating from trauma. We're all creating from lack. We're all creating from who we aren't instead of who we you know, are innately. People become addicted to caffeine because the, the brain becomes addicted to The, um, what is it called? Not phytochemicals, but uh, it becomes, yeah, it just becomes addictive to the addictive qualities of of the, the caffeine itself from the zoom, from the awakeness. But there's lots of ways that you can actually alert the prefrontal cortex of the brain and connect it with the back part of the brain and things like this. There's loads and loads of protocols when it comes to catching the body up with the brain, right? You get up, you get some natural sunlight, Andrew Huberman has all kinds of stuff like this. So you don't necessarily need caffeine. Caffeine is meant to be a productivity tool, right? It's meant to be a, same thing speeds up the metabolism. So people actually use that to suppress appetite, speed up the metabolism. Same with things with cigarettes, which keeps people thin or it helps their digestion. But digestion, the body knows how to work on its own. It doesn't need any of this stuff. Yeah. So I think
1: we covered it, right? So alcohol, caffeine, and meat. And I mean, what you were saying about eating more high vibe foods and how it oh sorry, I should say eating like meats and how it affects your body. So a few weeks ago, I think we talked about this, I did a my first cleanse ever. And it was just fruit for three days and alkaline. Like I was just really like, I need to try this and see what the effects are on my body. And what I found was that I just completely leveled out. Like usually throughout the day, my emotions are kind of, you know, up and down, like getting through the day, this happened, something stresses me out. And I just felt so calm. I was hungry, but I felt calm. I was leveled out. And it's something that I would love to do again. I love carbs, I'm not gonna lie. So that was very difficult. But I just it was an amazing, amazing feeling.
0: Amazing. I mean, like, I love to hear that because the visceral feedback is important because you're constantly in a feedback loop, right? With how you're experiencing yourself and how you're experiencing your body. Plant-based, raw, organic, frugivore, whatever it is, if it's amplifying your relationship with yourself, awesome. If it's not amplifying your relationship, then take a look at it, right? If you feel really good eating meat, great. That may or may not change for you. That may, not, may, or may or may not change for you down the road, but I balance it out because sometimes if I'm in a heavy integration period, I kind of need some like potatoes or something. And so I don't keep myself so rigid, but I keep myself in, in integrity with how I'm feeling, what's closest to nature, what can I make myself? And if I'm going to go out, what has the best resonance and who's connected to the food they're making the most. So, it becomes an energy and a love and a creativity process and things like that. Start with a good, you know, really good quality ingredients first and then build from there. That's really the nature of high vibe foods. Raw in form in its origin and then from scratch <laughs> is the ideal. It's really to move people away from anything that's conventional, okay, that's packaged, that's been highly processed. The other thing that keeps things fresh over time they fill the products full of these things to keep things fresh and they're unnatural. And I forget what they're called.
1: So to finish off, I would love to know if someone is new to this, um, and they're maybe doing like the frequency work for a few months, or maybe they're new to the frequency work. What would you say would be the first steps for them to improve their diet? Maybe like different cleanses that they can do if they, if you recommend a cleanse, what would you recommend?
0: It's a really good question. So first I would simplify the types of foods you're eating. So if you're really really new and you're way in the packaged food game, maybe try to pull back on that and eat less, right? Eat a little less. If you're well into your lifestyle of some organic foods, uh maybe testing, you know, more intermittent fasting protocols with fruit-based detoxes and things like that, I would actively be looking at a heavy metal detox and a parasite cleanse regularly. And I'll have all of that information on my Telegram channel. So go there. I have links and things like that. I still, I have affiliates with some people, but I'm sensitive on giving that out because I don't want to be the affiliate girl. I just stand behind really good products. So I'll offer the discount code for people, but I'm not going to take the payment on it. Look at an active, holistic and organic heavy metal parasite detox. And there's lots of stuff I'll have. Like I said, I'll have an Amazon store with some links in it. and I'll do all of that on my, on my telegram channel, but start to pay attention and focus on cellular optimization. So hydration, your environment, get into nature more, focus on hydration, reduce acidity. If you can focus on those three things, right? Acidic foods, carcinogenics. So maybe pull back on the meat, how much you're eating out, a lot of sodium, right? That kind of thing. Focus on minerals and cell salts. I like to break it like way, 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 way down and start to think about the consumption loop. Integrate more fasting. See if you can do from like a 9 PM at night to like a 9 AM in the morning, and maybe do a 12 hour, integrate more fasting, pull back on acidic foods, optimize hydration, natural sunlight, and, you know, getting into nature every day or walking every day and moving your body and consuming things in more of their original form. So if you consume things more in their original form, and then you build on top of that as a building block, then you're in good shape. Then from there, you can increase your level of your cell optimization because your body will start to detox. So was that overwhelming or is that approachable?
1: No, that's approachable. Totally approachable. And just lastly, for people who don't have access to organic foods, how do you recommend they get fruit and veg? Get what you can. For a while there, I was like
0: in between companies and I was, I've been in periods of deep struggle. And so I was like 99 cents store, a dollar store, and I would get what I could. They have gluten-free pasta there, right? I would get what I could, I would get what is available and I would just soak. I would soak my veggies, (laughs) you know, I would have to really make sure that at least I was getting any kind of worms or parasites out of the foods. So you can soak with spring water. So first focus on the water quality. If you can get good water quality, not necessarily filters, but like a Brita filter, don't mess with that. If you can get something a little bit better start there. So water quality is really important. Get your food, some fruits, what you can get what you can afford, and then soak them with white vinegar, water, and salt for like 15 to 20 minutes, all produce. And that will help start to remove the pesticides and the the detoxification. I know it's harder to kind of like grow your own food. If you're in an apartment in New York and cities, they're showing wild success with vertical farms, even mini ones, ones that are like three or four feet tall. You can try to grow what you can, herbs, something, and you start to get way more connected to the food that you're eating. It's not that hard to be sustainable, but the city living is, t- is difficult. We've been taught to, you know, cities are unnatural. We've been taught to live in these things to, con- to maintain the consumerism agenda, to, st- to maintain that, that active relationship with consumerism. But if you become aware of what you're eating and why you're eating and if you're hungry and why you're hungry, things like this. Are you emotionally eating because you're bored? Are you actually hungry? Or what would it be like just to push this hour and see if you can move through this next hunger wave? And then let's see how that feels. Because if you're not processing digestion, the digestion is sluggish and you're not processing daily, like excreting daily, then your system is still working things out. (laughs) It's still got stuff to process that's where this toxicity starts to come in. It's all about the GI. You really should be able to like get into the soft tissue and feel where the stagnation is. So if you don't have access to high vibrational foods, it's okay. It's really more about things that are in their closest original source and then soak your produce and do the best you can. But it's much better than going and eating Burger King or conventional foods or packaged foods and things like that, you're gonna be way better off because at least you're getting more nature-based foods, whether or not they've been, you know, grown over time or whatever. Everything at this point is modified. It's just how much of that modification. And the more you awaken, the more you're just naturally going to be driven and drawn to better and better, better quality foods. And then you can taste the difference because your body starts to detoxify and then your taste changes. So you just you can taste the difference in good food versus bad food. You're like, mm-mm. It's like when you awaken and you see things differently. You're like, wow, it's so much greener. These trees are so green today. The sky is so blue. You see things in different textures. You taste things in different textures too. Interesting. Okay. So that's the fun part. You become more aware, becomes an interactive experience. And then food becomes a way to optimize your cellular experience. It supports your vitality. Yeah. It's like both and, I guess. It becomes less of this, like we're going out to this five-star restaurant and trying all this every single night, which is amazing. If that's your life, that's where you went to this amazing. Are you feeling good eating that way? And is it optimizing your vitality? That's kind of my, my baseline. When I go out and I eat out a lot, even if it's at a vegan restaurant or whatever, if I'm not cooking for myself regularly and getting my frequency into the food I'm eating, I feel the difference personally. So just pay attention to that. It's intentionality too this food is going to make me epic eat, right? Like, and then eat it, like talk to the food and transform that shit yourself. You have to, but anyway, I hope this podcast was helpful. Do you have any last questions for us here, Miss Neha? You good? No, I think that's good. You answered all my questions. Thanks, Tally. Awesome. All right, you guys. That takes us to the end of this week's episode. If you have any questions, go to my telegram. I will answer them for you. And I will see you on another episode of Super Freak. Take care. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.